It's the Dogcast, episode number 162. Dogs win 14 to 7, but it ain't pretty. Dog fans, it's the Dogcast. It's your one million watt blowtorch of internet bulldog talk. The number nine ranked podcast on iTunes when it comes to college sports. Old dog, man, I, I, I don't even. I tell you what, dog fans, we were at the game, and you know it was hot. It was. It was so freaking hot. And we're up there sitting, old dog, where you need a damn Sherpa to get you an oxygen tank up there. We were so, I mean, I think it was hotter because we were actually closer to the sun. We were very close to the sun. And, you know, we were all excited, all anticipating to get the line on that game was seven points. And, uh, you know, I really thought we would, um, I was hoping that our days of nail biters against the lamecocks, the shamecocks. I was hoping those days were over. But it turns out, old dog, that those days are not over. (laughs) And um, we did win a 14-7 to nail-biter in Columbia. And I, I tell you, when I left the stadium, as you know, dog fans, you know, I told the Gamecock fans, I told the dog fans around me, there were dog fans cheering and laughing and grab assing in the stands. And I'm telling you, there was there was no joy in Mudville, as far as I'm concerned. There was hardly anything besides the W to to take away that was good or that I was happy about from that game. Well, Les, before you turn too negative, <laughs> I, I'm not really negative. Let, I'm just disappointed. Let's talk. Let's talk about the positives. Let's talk about the good things that we can take from the game. All right. Brilliant. Okay. Brilliant run defense. Held held the juggernaut running attack of South Carolina to 18 yards. Yeah. Total. Yeah, we held them to 18 yards, total yards rushing. The fact that we've got a punter that can kick it a mile and a half when he needs to <laughs> did, I mean... Just excellent. There. Only only one game ball being awarded this week, dog fans, and that's to Brian Mims. As as well it should be. And something that I probably knew but was just reinforced, Williams Price Stadium has a much better bleacher than we do. All of their seats have backs. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, you know, so there, I like there those are three, backs. There are three positives <laughs> that we can take from the game. Oh my gosh, dog fans! I'm—I mean, I'm just—I you guys saw it. You guys know what's up. You saw that game. You saw that the offensive line is not where we needed to be. It's just not. It's not even close to where we needed to be. Stafford was running for his life most of the day. When I don't think there was really a time, and I'm sure there were one or two, but 
that he was able to sit back there in the pocket, plant, and throw the ball like he wanted to. He was constantly on the move, and it's because their pass rush was their defensive line was whipping our offensive line. Uh, they did it on the pass rush, and the fact that Moreno only had what eighty yards. Right. I mean, it just was not a stellar offensive uh, showing at I'm, all. I mean, we and, had a total of two hundred eighty-nine. No, I'm sorry, we had a total of two hundred and fifty-two yards. But you got to take into effect. We had 112 yards. I am so damn despondent right now. 112 yards of penalties, old dog. We had more than twice the yardage in penalties that the Gamecocks had. And unfortunately, that boils down to poor coaching. I I agree. I mean, you can't, you know, that is inexcusable. Position coaching. What's going on there, without a doubt. 11 penalties. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely ridiculous. We had two penalties for roughing the passer. True. Now, granted. Now, granted, well, granted, too, it was one of the poorest officiating games there I've seen there in, in a long time. But it was poorly officiated on both sides. True. I mean, it wasn't, the, the South Carolina fans had absolutely as much to complain about poor officiating as we did. I'm telling you, before you go, I mean, dog fans out there thinking the refs were against us, you know, I would say there were two, possibly three calls that really were, that really smelled like home cooking. The rest of those penalties, I'm telling you, we freaking earned them. I mean, we earned them with dumb play. You know, I'm telling you what, I'm telling you, this Brian Evans thing, I am so negative right now on Brian Evans and Trip Chandler. I I just I am well, beside myself me, about Brian l- Evans right now. Let me fill something in because it, it may not be a situation. Uh, Trip Chandler may have some medical problems. I don't know if you knew this or not, but once they got back to Athens, Chandler was taken directly to St. Mary's. Right, the hospital was, there on Baxter. Absolutely, is mm-hmm. is being te- they drew some blood and they are testing him for Martres Milner disease. Frying pan hands. As you as you oh well know, that is something that affected the entire team last year, uh, and the year before. I tell you, we've got to apparently. That out. Apparently, they came up with a vaccine that was given to the receivers after the Tennessee game last year. Thought they had taken care oh of it. God. They don't know if this is a relapse or what could be worse. This could be some kind of virus that's mutated. Yeah. It, it's and, like SARS and, or something. And this could be damn Trip Chandler disease. Uh, oh my gosh! It's oh no. But but it, the thing is, the thing is, and what what is worse is it affects you in a big game at a very important time where it turns your hands just to stone. <laughs> to frying pans made of stone. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I had no idea it was that bad, old dog. I really didn't. I, yeah, I didn't. Well, I didn't even sniff the Martres Milner disease. I really didn't know that was where we were on. That. Well, you know, because we thought it had been eradicated. You're right. We thought it was like the measles. Oh man! But apparently, it is not. And and again, it it surfaced it surfaced at a, a very poor time. Well, I mean. It, it surfaces apparently at third down when it's needed the most. Third down when you need eight and your receiver is nine yards down the field. You know that that's that's pretty and, much when it when it and the ball is delivered right into the numbers. 
I'm telling you. So, Trip Chandler drops two balls that are drive-sustaining catches if he makes them. And I want to say, too, dog fans, you know, I did not boo. I don't boo Georgia players. I really try not to. And I understand. I know that Trip Chandler's doing the best he can. I know that he's a good boy. I know he wants to catch the ball. I know that he's not trying to drop the ball. But I'm telling you, he is not prepared to play tight end. He's not prepared to be a captain on this team. He's not prepared to be the tight end of the Georgia Bulldogs. And I'm afraid that he is not he's not going to be able to become prepared either. I do not think that he has it in him with any amount of practice. I mean I I mean I've just I've come to the conclusion that he's not going to get better. Not for any kind of stretch of run that's reliable that we need. He may have a game here, a catch there, but for a stretch run of reliability like we need to compete in the SEC, Trip Chandler is not the guy. No, I I have to agree with you totally. Um, and we that. and we told you last week, dog fans, that this game was going to come down to only two things. Um, as old dog said, all South Carolina had to do was show up to win the game, and that's true. But I gave you, we gave you two keys to the victory, and that was turnovers and penalties. You know, we luckily we won the turnover battle because we completely lost the penalty battle. Eleven penalties for 112 yards. Um. That's the story of this game. Penalties and Trip Chandler, offensive line. And I'm saving the best for last, old dog. I, I'm gonna. I'm not even going to hit my last point yet. Go ahead. I'm going to just keep talking. Well, just, I mean, th- there are a couple things that, you know, I think we need to talk about and, and discuss. And maybe some of our listeners can, can fill me in. But I really don't have an idea or a reason why we're running in so many different running backs when we've probably got the best running back in the nation. Why Richard Samuel is in inside our 20-yard, inside the red zone, trying to score touchdowns when Noshawn needs to be back there is beyond me. I I don't know if they're trying to build up confidence. I mean, it wasn't that Noshawn was hurt. I don't think he needed oxygen or anything because, you know, he just pops up and runs. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the deal is. And it looks like we really, you know, it's hard to tell from the first two games that we played how big a loss Sutherland was, Jeff Owens, and Sturdivant. Apparently those three losses are pretty big. Uh, I don't know if the fullback has even touched the ball this year. Did not but touch we, the ball in this game. But we could certainly, I mean, Sutherland was always good on that little pass out there, mm-hmm. and when you needed a yard or two, you could give it to him and get it. We are struggling inside the red zone, and I think a lot of it has to do with our lack of fullback play. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you this, too. News from the sideline, old dog. Yesterday, news from the sideline was is that Tony Ball was getting lip. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. He was taking heat or flack from the fullbacks who were asking for the ball because we kept running Moreno and Samuel at that line and were, you know, pretty unsuccessful getting that one, you know, like, you know, with two yards, two yard line, three yard line, one yard line, you know, 
our run, our fullbacks were asking for the ball. Sean Chompas, Fred Munzemeyer, those guys are asking for the ball. And BNI obviously overruled. We haven't had a fullback carry. We did not have a fullback carry yesterday. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what the deal is there. I also don't know why we don't do more things on trying to get our running back outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a tall sweep, and I didn't see any. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, though, dog fans. I mean, I agree with you, old dog. I do think we need to get our backs out in space out there. But you got to give credit to South Carolina's defense. Their freaking defense is legitimate, and I'm telling you, South Carolina's def- defensive line strung our offensive line from sideline to sideline. And when Moreno did try to bounce it outside, they were pretty well out there. I mean, the, the, damn, South Carolina's defensive line really did a good job of, of stringing us to the sideline and keeping Moreno from making a cut upfield. Moreno had 20 carries yesterday, and uh, Samuel and King had three carries each. You know, we had Matthew Stafford with eight carries. They 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 went to the well one time too many. Yeah. Mike, Mike Bobo went to the well one time too many on that Matthew Stafford sneak thing there, you know. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it all comes down to offensive line. I think the whole well, it, it comes down to the offensive line and to I don't I, I I wasn't thrilled with the play calling. Uh you know, we we get a little something going and mm. then we go away from it. Uh you know, we keep throwing passes, going deep, you know, I guess you got to do that. Deep balls to Richard Samuel. Why did we run a deep pass in the end zone to Richard Samuel? You know, I, if I don't you even got understand your corner and you know, and this is after Stafford's back there, you know, basically running for his life. I know. Uh, you know, we got to do something, should have done something to have neutralized that rush. And the best thing to do with that is a draw play, uh, you know, some short little passes over the middle. Of course, you know, we tried that and the damn tight end keeps dropping them. Yeah. But, you know, you got to do something to slow down that rush. And it never look like we made any kind of adjustment, uh, you know, which is really not a trademark of ours. Usually we do adjust pretty well and take what the defense has given us, but in this situation we didn't. And and I'll give the devil his due. South Carolina's defense was good, but it's the same defense that Vanderbilt scored 24 points against and ran it straight up the gut. Yeah. I mean, I don't With a think, little white kid. You know what I mean? You know, I, I don't think they became all that much better in the, what, uh, eight, nine, days. nine days that they had, you know, but, to but prepare we, for it. But everybody agrees, and you agree, and I know we both agree, that South Carolina every single year plays their guts out to win that game. That is their biggest game of the year in the SEC is playing against the against Georgia. Oh, without a doubt. And it's probably the second biggest game of the year that Period. they play. Behind and Clemson, it's, it's the second biggest game. Right. And it's also when they are at full strength. Right. Because they play Clemson like we do Tech. It's the last game of the year. And by that time, you know, they're beat up because they've gone through an SEC schedule. You're right. It is their defining game every year. But I tell you, you know, I don't want to be such a downer, but – I do have one more. We do. I want to go ahead and get all the negative stuff out on the table, old dog. And I'm saving the the bulk, the lion's share of my pissy attitude for our defensive backs and the okay. defense in general. 
Well, before before you get to that, which we certainly do, because I'm fixing to launch the gas on the let's let's talk about one more, just uh, one of one of my pet peeves. Oh, I know where this is going. Many. (laughs) Go ahead. Our our kick coverage. Our our entire kicking game outside of punting is horrendous. This. This business of kicking it high into the 20 has got to stop. It doesn't work. I don't know why they think it will. What do you think is going to happen? The guy catches the ball. He runs about five yards up. He then reverses field. By this time, we've got all of our out-of-control coverage men have all come down, converged, they break their lanes. They break their containment. The They're all reverses, inside the hash marks. <laughs> the guy reverses the field, and off he goes. If you think about the game, the only touchdown that South Carolina scored was after we did one of these miserable-ass kickoffs to the 20. The guy brought it back out to the 45, and we give him a damn short field every time. I know. This is what we need to do, and this is what I'm going to ask the Dawcast fans to do. I cannot believe, and I think there are probably, what, about 35,000 students at the university now? Something like that, sure. That there is not one person, male or female or hermaphrodite, it doesn't matter, (laughs) that can kick the ball into the end zone. Uh We need to do a campus-wide search to find an end zone kicker. And this is where the dog cast comes in. We need to set up a special scholarship fund for that person. Maybe the reason we don't have an end zone kicker is because they don't want to waste a scholarship on it. We'll set it up as like an academic scholarship, something with physics where an object is flying through the air and needs to be studied on a grassy field that's 110 yards long or 120, whatever. We'll we'll get that arranged, but we need to start the donations coming in. Because we need an end zone <laughs> kicker, and we need to get him a scholarship. Because I'm telling you what, the piss-poor kickoff coverage that we have, I mean, it would be bad enough if the guy were starting in the end zone. I mean, because not only do we not kick it deep, we don't cover it well at all. We can't tackle it. If he runs it out, he's going to get some yards because we're not covering it. But we need we need to kick the ball, whoever it is. We need to to stop this kicking it high in the air. We need to kick it as far as we can, whether it goes high, whether it goes low, whether it goes medium, or whether it dribbles along the ground. Whatever gets it as close to the end zone as we can, that's what we need to do. We need to stop what we're doing now because it doesn't work. And Did isn't... You- Isn't that like the definition of stupidity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result? It's the definition of insanity. And watching our kick coverage is insane. Did you see any of that Southern Cal uh, suck eyes game last night? Yeah. Southern Cal, they scored, you know, a lot of touchdowns on the suck eyes. And their kicker, he didn't just kick it in the end zone. He kicked it. Out, he kicked it through the end zone, out of the field of play. You could not catch the ball and remain on the playing surface 
where this guy kicked it. Now, he did not kick it out of bounds. He kicked it through the end zone into the damn stands. Yeah, and I don't now, think it you went real can't high. Tell me that we can't get a kid. I just don't believe that we can't get a kid that can get the. I just, I'm telling you. And they brought the walk on on. You saw him in the second half. This kid who supposedly can kick it further than Blair Walsh, this long distance specialty kicker. I'll be damned if he didn't kick it even shorter and higher than Blair Walsh did. He's his kicks were landing on the 23. Yeah, I well, and and I mean, I think I've never seen, you know, I mean, I probably in my days have watched some of the best kickers that Georgia has ever had. I didn't see Alan Levitt kicking it high in the air to help with coverage. No, I didn't see Rex Robinson doing that, oh, Rex and Robinson. I damn sure didn't see Kevin Butler doing that. I mean, you know, we joked about it before, but we would sit in the stands and we would make bets on whether the ball was going to go through the goalposts or not. I know. And, I mean, you know, we can kind of laugh and joke about this, guys, but this is serious now. This, we this are going to lose serious football We now. are going to lose a game because of our lousy special teams, and that's all on Coach Fabris. You cannot give the other team the ball on every possession at the forty. Or the 45. You just can't do it. And that's not Willie Martinez's problem. That's not Willie Martinez's fault. You can't put our defense out there on the stinking 40 every single time. 45, 48, you know, on our side of the field at the 47 or whatever. I mean, you just can't give them a short field like that every time well, and expect and, and to win only, every game. And not only that, but what a momentum breaker. It is, because other than either the start of the game or the start of the half, the only time we're going to be kicking off is after we've scored. Yeah. And what better thing to do after a score is to put the damn ball into the end zone and have them bring it out to the 20. Man, I'm telling you. I mean, how deflating is it to kick it and have the other team almost break it for a touchdown every time you touch the ball? I'm telling you. Versus the deflation the other team feels when they don't even have an opportunity to return. I mean, we would be, they bring it out to the 45, I think, if you kick it out of bounds. We would be, right now, the way it it stands, we would be better off doing that and just eliminating the chance that they could return it for a touchdown. Yeah, because all of our... all of our kickoffs come back to the 45. At so, least. Exactly. So we might as well make sure that it can't go beyond the 45. Right. Because as you said, that's going to cost us a game. Now, speaking of things that are going to cost us a game, this is the last negative Nelly thing we've got. And then we're, we're going to get back to the positive. The, the good things. The, the, the punter. The, the, yeah, we're going to talk about Brian Mims. Who is, you know, can Brian Mims kick off? Is there any? Do we have to kick from a tee? Hell, let Brian Mims punt it. From the damn 20 or the 25, you know? Let Brian Mims punt the kickoff. Because, by God, he could punt it to the damn end zone. I'm telling you, I can't believe we can't do better on kickoffs than we're doing. But I'm telling you this. As bad as our kicking game is, as much as we believe that our kicking game is going to cost us a win, I can guarantee you that Brian Evans and Asher Allen and C.J. Bird and Prince Miller, and Rashad Jones, and Ramarcus Brown, and Drew Williams, who I love. I like Drew Williams, but he has no damn business being on the field back there as a safety, okay? 
I, he has no business being back there as a safety. Those guys, the guys I just named, we're not drinking that Kool-Aid. And I don't care. I know there are guys out there that like Asher Allen. I've talked to you dog fans, and you keep telling me every week that Asher Allen's a player. And I know he got that fumble yesterday and everything, but I'm telling you, there ain't one of them, not one of them. Allen, Miller, Evans, Brown, Bird, Jones. Jones, not one of them could cover my freaking grandmother. You know, and like you said, old dog, a great pass rush. Marcus Howard makes your damn shitty. I mean, oh, God, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm saying bad mercy. words. I'm Lord saying bad mercy. words, old dog. And, and you're turning. Negative too. Oh, I'm going. I'm way, way beyond going negative on our defensive backs. I'm just. I'm telling you, a great Marcus Howard makes covers up a lot of problems in our defensive backfield. And yeah, we're missing Marcus Howard. We're putting no pressure on the quarterbacks whatsoever. Chris Milley just stands up in the pocket and just delivers the ball to a wide open Jared Cook. Play after play after play after play, and then our guys. You know, they start getting a little embarrassed after Brian Evans just gets smoked and Prince Miller just gets smoked play after play after play. So then they start to get in there and jam it up, and here come the flags. Pass interference, pass interference, pass interference, because you suck, Prince Miller, and you suck, Asher Allen, and you suck, Brian Evans. Brian Evans is the one I'm really on, old dog. I'm telling you, Brian Evans couldn't cover a plastic bag. And I am just, I am incensed with our coverage. And I'm incensed with the pressure, the lack of pressure that we're putting on the quarterbacks. And if we do not start pressuring quarterbacks, because I'm telling you, our defensive backs are not going to get better. They are not going to get better. If you're sitting out there, dog fans, and you're hoping that our defensive backfield is going to put it together, that they're going to start covering, you are, you are living in a dream world. Because they're not going to get better. They're not going to get better. Asher Allen was a captain last year. Prince Miller was a captain last year, and they still can't cover a tight end. They're not going to get better. Our only hope of stopping Arizona State or Florida or any of these other teams that we're going to see that run these spreads with these quarterbacks that stand up and throw, our only hope is blitz packages and pressure. Because I'm telling you, we do. We have. I'm not sure, old dog. You tell me what you think, but I'm pretty dang sure that we have the worst defensive backfield in the SEC. I'm not sure there's another team in the SEC that has worse defensive backs than we do. Well, I I cannot disagree with you. I don't know if it is the worst, but it certainly ranks right up there with the worst. And 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 it's not just the defensive backs. It's the whole pass defense uh we've got to have some pressure on them and we this is not the team that made tim tebow and colt brendan cry last year no it's not i mean we have gotten we've had three games now where we have gotten absolutely no very little pressure on the quarterback at all and i was going to save that for you know our little what did we learn segment but (laughs) You know, I'm, we I'm just, were um, we had hoped against uh, hope in the first two games, which were against inferior opponents, that we weren't showing what we got. You know, that we were holding back. We were, you know, that 
the defense really was better against the pass than it was, and that Coach Martinez had some schemes, but we were just waiting until we started playing big boy football against SEC teams before we, you know, cut the dogs loose and really started pressuring the passer and all of that because we didn't want South Carolina and the OBC to be able to see what our schemes were and what we were going to do. Well, folks, we learned we don't have any. What we saw against Georgia Southern and Central Michigan is all we got. And we proved that against South Carolina. And I'm just I'll, telling you. And I'll tell you, our hope is that these guys reach down in their guts and mature a little bit and realize they're going to have to do something different than they're doing now because what they're doing now is not working on the pass rush. Man, they can stop the run like nobody's business, and that's great. But when you've got a team that's putting up, what, 260-some yards in the second half with a mediocre quarterback? A mediocre offensive line, a mediocre, mediocre quarterback, mediocre receivers. They had freshmen. They had freshmen catching touchdowns. Remarcus Brown got smoked yesterday by a freshman catching his first touchdown pass. Here's the deal. There are probably only two other teams in the SEC that we could have beaten yesterday playing like we did. That's Mississippi State and Auburn. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, I'm going to get to that in a second. And, dog fans, if you've been listening to this show, you know I don't like going negative. I don't like being negative. I don't like to come on this daggum show and talk to you guys and tell you what. I mean, you know, I I hate it. I hate but it. But the other thing, but along those lines, we're not going to tell you that everything's great, everything's rosy. And, and we drop down to number, and again, I don't really give a damn about the polls, but we drop down to number three. We're not we're not the number three team in the nation. No, not right I mean, now. Not, not the way we played. I, you, quite frankly, I was surprised that Missouri and Florida weren't put ahead of us. I tell you what, and dog fans, here's the thing. I mean, you know, I we got uh, we got to still play football. I mean, we're we're in it now, man. I mean, this is it. This is big boy football. We're yeah, playing we're the toughest schedule. Yeah, we're teeing it up next Friday, next Saturday <laughs> at 5 o'clock. I, I'm telling you guys, this, we don't have time to talk about. We don't have time to, against our schedule, you know, you got the SEC now has half of the top ten teams in the country. And we, we're one of them, and we play the other four. The things we learned yesterday, although, though, you know, I mean, hell, Florida, they ain't got it all together either. Auburn certainly ain't got it all together. Alabama can be is is vulnerable. Every team, I mean, every team can be beat on any given day. There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying the season's lost or anything like that, but I'm telling you, we have to have some changes on our defensive schemes. We have to have, we have to have some changes on both sides of the ball. All three things: special teams, offense, defense. It was all piss poor yesterday. Every it, it, single bit of it. The passing game, the running game, the passing defense, the run defense, except for the run defense. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know how much of that is just Mike Davis ain't got it. You know what I mean? I don't know. No. And, well, and, and the other thing, too, I mean, if you watched, South Carolina's offensive line is set up to pass protect and not to run block. I mean, all those guys are in a two-point stance. And, you know, if you if you played – Little League football through high school, you know if you were going to block for the run, 
you get in a three-point stance because you need to get under that lineman and get leverage. Sure. If you're in a two-point stance, you're set up to pass protect, and you're not – about all you can do on a run is get in the way. But you're not going to be driving anybody off the ball. You're not going to be controlling them. You're not going to be pancaking them or anything else. I mean, we did not come up against a real big juggernaut running team in South Carolina. No. Uh, you know, it's again, it's it's a rivalry game. It's always close. On paper, we should have torn them apart. But every year on paper, we should tear them apart, and we never do. So, I mean, I don't think we need to, you know, despair a whole lot over it. But it did point out that we're not nearly as good as we thought we were. Uh, we're certainly not nearly as good right now as we were at the end of last season. Uh, our kick coverage has to get a whole lot better. Stacy, you've got a whole lot of work on that offensive line because it's nowhere near where it needs to be. And let's settle on a running back, and and let's start using him until he drops. Uh, this rotation just I I've never liked it, never will. I, I I can't agree more. So you know I mean I'm I'm about ready to wrap this show up. I, I just want to get this. Well, let's talk this. about one more positive that has absolutely nothing to do with the University of Georgia. Okay. Let's hope now that the Ohio State Buckeyes got their ass handed to them yet one more time by a good team. Let's hope that we don't have to put up any more talk about this is the year, how much talent they've got, how they're just a little bit away from being that national championship team that everybody at ABC and ESPN wants them to be. Ohio State is not very good. You don't need to fear the vest. Uh, and it ain't got nothing to do with Beanie Wells either. If you no, watched that but, game last night, Beanie Wells. Well, had I, I tell you what, though, the other thing we learned is apparently the announcers got paid by the number of times they said Beanie Wells. Yes, but I'll tell you something else we learned. USC, as much as I hate to say it, right now they are the real freaking deal. Oh. USC is a damn real football team. And they they're, are. The, they're firing on all eight cylinders right now. They're buddy. the best team in college football, hands down. Right you, now. you better damn believe it. I mean, I'm not telling you we can't beat them because hell, they, that team lost to Stanford last year. Any given Saturday, anything can happen. But I'm telling you, I'm glad that's not the pack team we're playing this week. That's and speaking, for sure. Speaking of the pack team we're playing this week, Arizona State. We would be remiss if we didn't mention because as I was leaving the stadium yesterday with my hat in my hand, thinking, woe is me, our defensive backs are so freaking bad. And I'm thinking, this guy, Rudy Carpenter, is going to shred us. Rudy Carpenter was busy struggling to put 20 points up on UNLV. And they went on, as you know, probably by now, to lose to the the lightly, very lightly regarded UNLV running Rebels football team. So... It ain't, it ain't all damn sunshine and team. roses. It ain't all sunshine and roses out in Tempe either. And you better believe that um, the Arizona State is not nearly looking forward to playing us as they were the week as they were before Saturday. So this is the week of the Dogapalooza, old dog. It is Dogapalooza. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a lot more on Wednesday. One That's thing right. I do want to throw in, apparently. Game day is going to be there. 
I don't want any DogCast fan to show up. We don't need to hang on any word that those idiots have to say. We don't need to worry about what kind of hat that Lee Corso is going to put on. We know they don't like us, and we don't like them, and we don't need to get out there, scream, and make asses of ourselves around them. We need to go about our business, which is barking and drinking and winning football games. (laughs) You got it, old dog. I'm with you, buddy. Anything we do to scream behind those guys does nothing but validate their show and give them more power and as you know dog fans we fell in the polls this week across the board and every poll we fell to number three and we should have yeah and i've got two things to say about that one is that coach rick came out today on the record and said you know what uh if if style points are winning by 100 or whatever, you know, we're going to play our football games the way we play our football games, and I'm not going to change my style or my coaching style. You know, not that we could have run the score up on South, on South Carolina, but if running the score up and winning that beauty contest every week is what it takes to do well in the polls, we're just going to win football games, you know. I was glad to see Coach Rick say that, even though it didn't really matter much yesterday. I'm glad to at least see he's saying the right things about the polls. And the other thing is, third place doesn't change anything. Technically, you know, we could be locked out, you know, because we have two teams ahead of us now, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's the same I, old well story. I tell you what, and, and you need to stop right there. I know. If we continue to play like we did Saturday, I, I know. the last thing in the world that we need to worry about is it, being number three and undefeated. And being and, locked out of the national not championship. To play I, for a national I totally agree. I totally you agree, just, old dog. You just need to stop right there. <laughs> you, I think you may have put some, some mushrooms in your <laughs> no-shot I've had Kool-Aid. too much of that Kool-Aid. That I, is, I'm, I'm getting to where yeah. you want me to be. I, I got you, We've still got a primary job which is to win football games and that's the we've got to play four more top 10 teams this year and you know we've got a lot of work ahead of us before we can worry about where we're at in the polls and crap yeah. you know so let's just take care of business dog fans dog this week the mighty arizona sun De- arizona state sun devils are looking to host us in tippy arizona and we are looking forward to getting out there old dog I just want to put this show behind us, man. Yeah, I, I hate being negative. I hate. I just. I hate feeling bad. Well, after I mean, a win. About the only thing you can say for the game, I, I guess, really two things. First and foremost, we won. We're That's three right. and zero. Nobody's beat us, and uh, and that beats the crap heavens, out of losing. Thank heavens, Brian Mims hit the best punt of his life. Yes. You're right. I mean, the W is a W, and I mean, I'm happy to get it because, you know, this time last year we were talking about what went wrong. So, I mean, getting the W at Williams-Brice, I'm happy about that. That's great. But in the bigger scheme of things, I have to I, I have to look forward. And in the bigger scheme of things, boy, we got a long ways to go, just like we had yeah. a long ways to go last year, you know? So let's get to work. Dog fans, we'll see you Wednesday. We'll be back with a pregame show Wednesday and Friday night at Bison Witches in downtown Tempe at 7 p.m. Dogapalooza is going to kick that, off. That's 7 p.m. Tempe what time. time. What time zone are they in? Are they in that mysterious mountain time zone? No, I think they're Pacific. Okay. I think I was Pacific. just wondering, is there really anybody that is in the mountain time zone? Uh, Denver. 
Okay. Denver's about, the, I think, the only thing of note. I don't know. I know I'm sure there's some listener screaming at his radio right now. I'm yeah. in I'm in the mountain time zone. I don't know. It's, it's west of the Mississippi, which means it really doesn't matter that much to me. That's true. Except for, you know, Jeff and Boise and Jana and Burbank. But, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, dog fans, that's it. We just got to get this show behind us, man. We just got to get this game behind us. A win's a win. You know, and that that's about all I can say about it. We won the yeah. game. No, no, Sean Moreno had his first punt return. That was pretty cool. Anything else? And he returned to kickoff, too. Yeah, I know. I like that. I kind of like that. But anyway, that's it. I got, I'm got. i sick. I'm sick. Sick to my stomach. And the only other thing is, if if you know somebody that can kick the ball into the end zone, please let the coaching staff know. Right, and we'll, the scholarship money will be there for you, son. If you can kick it, we'll find the money. Just you yeah. just show up at practice, and just, um, just just track your leg to practice. And I want to I, I want to apologize to the, to the entire Dogcast Nation for this freaking show because this show sucks. I hate doing this show. I hate being negative. I hate coming out here and pounding on players. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like spanking your child. I know, truly. I truly, it hurts me more than it hurts you. It hurts me more to do it than it hurts you to listen to it. Yeah. But damn it, if Trip Chandler drops another damn third down pass, I'm going to fling myself from the upper deck. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't stand it. I can't. I just can't stand it. Well, let's just let's just hope that that they find a vaccine for for this mutated Martrez Elmer disease. It, it, frying pan hands. It may not be his fault. Oh gosh, dog fans, give us a call. It's like, it's like fat people that have a gland problem. Yeah, my thyroid. My thyroid's <laughs> right. acting up. 706-534-1516. And you can email us anytime at dogcast at gmail.com. Get ready, dog fans, because we're taking this baby west. We'll see you on Wednesday with the pregame show for Arizona State. Go, dogs. Hey, Derek. This is Rand Valdosta. Uh, the game, it was a win, but... It was not a good win. That that was piss poor performance by the dogs. I mean, they got lucky this time. They can't go the rest of the season like that. Even though there was some bad calls in the game, I mean, you can't blame that. Glad to see that OSU lost to USC, kind of. Bittersweet, I don't know. Take it easy. Hey there, Gold Dogs. This is Ryan from Wander. I was just going to call and uh, sum up a little bit about the uh, South Carolina game. Uh, kind of the game I expected it to be. You know, it's a Steve Spurrier uh, offense. You know, uh, even though they had a, uh, some trouble with Vanderbilt, I just, you know, wanted to say, you know, Steve Spurrier is going to find a way. You know, it's just a rivalry game. And, you know, in playing sports myself throughout high school, I always knew that rivalry games were always played close. No matter how good the team across the, the ball from you played, you know, all season long or how bad you play all season long, it, you know, the game, it's always going to be close. Um just cause a robbery. But anyways, I was just, you know, wanted to uh, say our, I think our defense, you know, kind of play that bend but don't break kind of uh, uh, defense. Held them to seven points. Uh, we had to scrap one out. But, hey, you know, uh, you got a win's a win. I'm going to win. But I think we can learn from learn from this experience. What we uh, Our mistakes tonight, uh, still too many penalties on defense. Uh I'd like to see more of a pass rush, but, you know, I, Willie Martinez may be holding back, you know, some of our blitz schemes and stuff like that. But, you know, all around, 
Um, let's go get Arizona State, and uh, I'll be looking for your uh, post game. Uh, I just want to say it's great to be a Georgia Bulldog whenever you beat Spurrier, because remember, Spurrier's still a cock no matter what. Anyways, guys, go dogs. Zach, old dog, dog cast tactical support outside of Washington, D.C., with my leg up and resting, except I'm pissed. What the hell is with the SEC refs? What the hell is with the uh, uh, the, the clock in, in Columbia? What the hell is with this team? They don't look like the number two team in the nation. Uh, they need to hold on to the ball, and they need to, to kick some butt. Um, I want to see a better second half. Either you guys aren't drunk enough or you're not yelling loud enough. Let's get with it. Hey, this is Brian in Augusta. Uh, first of all, I really love your show. It's absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> I really, really love it. Great show. Uh, I'm disappointed in the Carolina game. I really wanted to see a better showing from Georgia. Um, and, you know, right, I was watching ESPN, the Evil Empire, uh, the wrap-up show, <clears throat> and after then Chris Chris Fowler asked Kirk Herbstreit, which team should replace Georgia at the number two spot, Oklahoma or Missouri? And lo and behold, here it is, Oklahoma gets the number two spot and Georgia is pushed out again. Um, I think a lot of their, their, their victory over Carolina was diminished by the fact that Carolina just lost to Vanderbilt, you know, a team that everybody had expected them to beat. So then when Georgia comes in there and struggle, well, you know, they don't get much credit for it. And the other thing is Arizona State, ranked number 15, lost to UNLV, and that's just great. So now when Georgia goes in and beats them, then that's, that victory is going to be diminished too. They're not going to get any credit for that because everybody said, well, look, they lost to UNLV, so, you know. But anyway, I'm sure it'll be all right. Great show. Love it. Y'all have a good one.